Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. What's up, everybody? It's Joe LaPuma. You are listening to the Complex Sneakers Podcast with me, as always, Matt Welty. Here we are, live, doing our best. Okay, and coming from Brooklyn with a new haircut. He trimmed the helmet off, whatever you want to call it. Brendan Dunn, all smiles, full of energy. How do I look? You look good. You look like you just enlisted in the military. <laughs> Absolutely not. You going to boot camp? Absolutely not. He's going on vacation. You going on vacation? You going somewhere foreign that you needed to take the hair off just to let the, the rays? Can I talk about where I'm going? Yeah, why don't you just break the trend that you always, you never put the geotag, you never say where you're going. Tell your boys in the audience where you're weird. going for once. Let's break a trend. I just don't like the world to know exactly what I'm up what, you to think, at every you think they're gonna, moment. You think they're going to track you down like seven different time zones away? No, but I just like my privacy, Welty. All right, you don't have to. We could turn this into a little uh, a little game for the listeners, but we're not giving you any prizes, so don't DM me. Yeah. Just don't DM me in general, but don't DM me guesses as to where you think I am when you see me posting stories from this exotic locale. Okay, how many Instagrams are you going to get off, and are you going to use this? I think last time on vacation you had some ad fulfillment to do. Are you going to also – is it a is it – Unfortunately, ad- Joe, no no ads. I know. They dried coming up. Coming up. They I dried up. Even for – the, the ad that me, me and Brendan were talking about that over the weekend. We were like at the start of 2020, it was like 2020 is going to be like the bag rolling in year. It's yeah. going to be crazy. Everything's taking off like full cylinders. And then it's like, what happened to all the sponsored ads? Oh, they don't exist anymore. We tried, well, T. Yeah. Shouts to HP, though. Why? Oh, you, you didn't see the last couple closet episodes? <laughs> Shouts to HP. How are we feeling, though? I feel good. Yeah. Cut this, let's cut the small talk, okay? <laughs> let's cut the small talk. What's up? This weekend, Welty was back to, to Matt oh Welty. Oh, my God. Form, okay? I had no... <laughs> oh let me just say something. God. I had no... Oh, I had no idea. I had classic... I had no idea what was going on. I saw flares. Is that what they call it? Flares? Yes. Um, smoke bombs. Red flare. Okay, smoke bombs. And then 45 minutes later after the group setting... A shirtless pick of Matt Welty. Selfie. Smiling. Yeah, selfie on IG. S- standing on a table. Was he smiling? Oh, there was bo- was no, he no, no, smiling, oh, Welty? The look one, on your face. So uh, Welty is is uh, amongst a group of men with their shirts off, and there's flares going, and it's 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 very dark and, and shady looking. And he's not quite smiling is my thing. He he looks almost worried. He he it's it's like the mask, it's like the meme with the person wearing the mask and of a smile in front of a sad face. It's like he knows deep down that he shouldn't be there, that he's making a mistake. Though was on was actually on great behavior. Happy to hear it. Had a couple beers and called it a night, went home. You had a troubled look on your face. Took took the shirt off. Stood on the table and uh, got complimented that currently the most jacked member of the crew. So, oh wow, Coco not getting the reps up. <laughs> he's not. No, he's not in that. He's not oh, in that okay. crew. Okay. I still. I still would have. I still would have uh, won that one. But um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Felt good to be out here. Hey man, I'm. I'm glad you won that award. Oh, did in the funny part. One thing I did tell Brendan, sneaker related, over the weekend. I posted a pair of Noble, which are like cro- like CrossFit cross training shoes. Mm-hmm. Within ten minutes of posting the shoes, got contacted by two people from the brand. Wow! All and right. we're just like, boom, we want to send more product. So let's your set way. up that sponsorship. Yeah, he's forcing yeah. his influence right now. 
Might become a fitness influencer soon, Joe. I okay. hope so. I'm here for it. Joe, how was your weekend? Weekend was good. Weekend was good. Had a nice barbecue Sunday. Saturday, Saturday, just relaxed. The weather here has been rough. It's been like very humid. Then like it's it's going to storm. It doesn't storm. You're just waiting it out. And then yeah. sometimes it's beautiful, but it changes real quick. But uh, I've been uh, enjoying myself and, you know, still still digging through the crates i'm not gonna lie i got some i brought some stuff out you found some heat footwear yeah brought some stuff out this this weekend and uh well you let's talk about what you posted about like an hour ago oh today yeah the grateful dead yeah. dunks the three the three all to three be, to be fair though i have to get i didn't put it in our slack i the green ones have to go back why the green ones weren't my size the other ones are my size joe which festival are you going to with those on <sighs> which festival um the long island lights festival so you're not gonna see Joe Lapoom out here at Burning Man. The Kismet Inn Grateful Dead uh, cover band on Saturdays. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Were they were they from Nike, Joe? I'm not saying, but listen, Dunn, you are you are working on a big story. It's done now. Okay, we're still pushing it back though. Is it going to be out by the time this drops? And how was the interview with uh, Bill Walton? Oh, it was a treat. Was it? It was a beautiful thing. Listen, Bill Walton means a lot to me. You know what I mean? Just hearing him on the call for Pac-12 games, his his um, his gigantic appreciation for the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. his um, colossal contributions to sports casting, his his um, love for counterculture, his Ken Kesey, Grateful Dead adjacent lore that he spun for himself. He loves a bunch of things that y- you have no interest in. So, <laughs> it's like it's like yeah, we have so much in common. I was like, well, I, could. I never said we had anything in common. All right. No, he's a he's an order of the highest order, and I appreciate that. You know what? It was a forty minute conversation about the Grateful Dead SB Dunks. I kind of want to just transcribe the whole thing myself and put it up somewhere because it was too much fun to not throw the whole thing out there. But we do have some quotes in the story that I think are worth it. Looking forward to that. Is it safe to say that it was a long, strange trip conversation? <laughs> okay, pun. Can you give a wor- worse take on a podcast? Not eligible. A couple releases. We, we're talking about the Grateful Dead, but a couple, another release, Off-White 4s. Looking good, man. Looking good. Shout out to our friend Rack, friend of the podcast. He saw them in person. He said the quality is very good. He said, Rack, his favorite Off-White of the whole collection that Virgil has ever done. Yeah, all of them. So I had a conversation with my friend about those shoes over the weekend, and the debate was, and I know this is always a debate and you can never solve it, but if there was no Virgil tag on it and no air on it, would we still be hyped on that shoe? I mean, I, I hate that conversation. I But but would you? But I'm just saying the colorway. Say that I'm just saying like the, anything, though. No, no, no. I'm just saying the colorway, though. Like... If you saw an Air Jordan 4 that looked like that and it wasn't a hype collaboration, would you still be excited about it? Probably not, but also that's to me that conversation is so tired. It's like it's just a different it's a totally different feeling of marketing and design like if you're a fan of the designer and it's the matter of yeah, there's some limited aspect to it which makes it more what makes it more attractive to people to want to buy. If you put a lineup of all different shoes and they were in line versus like collabs, that's just what collabs are They're They feel and are a little bit more special than GRs. By the way, are we, are we totally going to ignore that's the it. fact Let's that this is a it, women's right? sneaker? You guys can't just let the women who these were designed for enjoy the shoe. You got to, you got to spoil it for yourselves. Is that what's going on? They can. I mean, I'm happy that, that it's for them. Trust me. The cactus plant flea market, Vapor Max was also a woman's shoe, right? Was it? I believe so. I yeah, believe woman's so. size. I, I didn't realize that yeah. was. I believe so. So you're not going to yeah. get these for, for a woman in your life? My girlfriend has off-white sneakers. You're not going to? No. <laughs> no. Is there an obligation? For who? Also, no. No, there's <laughs> not. There's not. And no one's asked me yet. So two pairs for me. Two pairs? You're, you're confident you're getting two pairs? I'll probably get two pairs. I want to wear one really heavy. And what else do we got? You got the undercover react shoe that just leaked that yeah what was that and where did it come from you got scolded in the slack he, he you know just for the audience matt welty put some photos in the slack from the underground whatever 
whatever the fuck he does with his uh, resellers, and you don't know where no, they it was, come it from. No, it wasn't. It wasn't that. It wasn't that. It was. I just want to know where it came from. No, it wasn't that. And then I, I posted the link. It was just. For, it was just from someone tweeting it out. It wasn't like an official account or anyone who was leaking the photos. It was. They must have found it somewhere else. So I was just confused as i don't i have no clue where the original source of the photos i like from. them they look good is it a it's a new silhouette or what yeah i like those do we have the name of the silhouette i don't think so okay so describe it though for the audience so they can find it if they don't leak by then kind of looks like uh mars yard looks like a daybreak looks like a. it's definitely that overreact nike shoe that yeah it's got that very busy react midsole and it has the flower head on the upper like some of the other Gyakuso runners I think it was previewed as part of the most recent Undercover collection that's supposed to release in 2021. We've seen this happen before with Undercover Nike collaborations where they show up first on the runway, this case a digital runway, and then we don't hear about them or have any official confirmation as to what they are until months later. So I kind of suspect that we won't know anything about these for a while, but let's see. Yeah, the toe box says chaos and balance. Uh, A motif you've seen elsewhere on Undercover work. Yeah. So listen, I'm about to announce a new show that I shot last week at my apartment with, with someone else. Who? Can't say. I'm not saying it's not coming out to the 27th, but I'll give the podcast audience a little heads up that a new show is coming. It is kind of a quarantine show because we can't get into the stores yet. Happy how it came out. And yes, be on the lookout for that. What, do you, what about you guys? Tiffany Beers episode, shouts to Tiffany Beers episode of FSR. Got great, great feedback. Told great stories just a master at her profession. So that was a really good one. You guys got well-deserved feedback. I was really happy with that one. I was surprised at how many people called it their favorite episode ever or the best guest ever. I think we need more women on the show. And Tiffany's a name we've been trying to book for a long time. I mean, she has so much history in the game working on Nike mags. I didn't, I didn't even realize before we talked to her or before we did the research ahead of talking to her that she worked on the Mars yards as well. First Yeezys. I mean, yeah, she's, she's seen a lot. Definitely. And then this week upcoming, we'll have, you've seen at this point, is Victor Oladipo, who's making a bunch of splashes in the NBA at this point, maybe testing the free agency market. I don't know. Okay. Uh, there's like rumors out there that he might sign with a, with a big team. Well, do um, your group of uh, Armenian reseller friends don't have any inside intel onto where Victor Oladipo may be signing? No, we don't have the line on that one. Uh, Can you ask? Sorry Did about you that. ask? No, no sports betting. But that one, that one was interesting because... The funny behind-the-scenes tidbit was we were supposed to shoot that episode in the afternoon, but Victor's in the bubble, and everything from the bubble has to be, like, purchased within the bubble. Right. So he, could, he couldn't use his laptop to record the episode, so he had to go get his agent to buy him a laptop and come and shoot the episode that Friday night. Um, Good. Shouts to him for making the effort for that. It that's a hell of a commitment. Yeah. It went uh it went well. I mean, the episode's up right now, Joe, so you can go. Wait a minute. Don't confuse me. <laughs> the episode is not up now. We the record. Ep- <laughs> but it would be up by the time Friday morning. Yes. Yes. And now let's get into it because we've gone a lot of different routes. It's July 14th. And we are a little more than halfway into the year of sneakers. We've had a bunch of great guests on the Complex Sneakers podcast and our shows, but this time it's just going to be us three, and we're going to dissect the best sneakers of 2020 so far. We put a list up six days ago at this. It'll be a little over a week. July 7, the list went live. Okay, so seven days, seven days ago. And the one thing I would say, not a lot of surprises on this list. Could you agree? I feel like over the years, the lists have become, I wouldn't say more predictable, but I think in the sneaker world, the the general consensus picks on what the top 10 sneakers of the year are have become a lot more uniform. Um, mm. I do think that because, for the, I mean, we've talked about it in the past, but I would say that like when I first came like as a full-time employee at Complex in 2013, I remember back then the list number one were like the 50 best sneakers of the year. So mm-hmm. you had a lot more to discuss. So everyone was just bringing in like, the you know the 80 best sneakers that they liked we'd print it all out and try to go through it wait back then people would physically print out the list you had to like i remember having to be in charge like not in charge of the meeting but like having to set it up and i had to like 
make a list of preliminary shoes, which was like a hundred, mm-hmm. and then do a printout of every single sneaker and then lay them out on a table. I remember that. So, I remember that. But wait, was that mid year? I think that was end of the year, though. That was that was the end of that was end of the year. Yeah. I guess maybe it's different because I guess I'm like one of the older people now, but I feel like back then there was a lot more spread on people's like interests in sneakers and like the generations that they came from. Mm. So you had like, I'm like debating with Russ Benson on like, you know, the, the top 50 sneakers of the year. So we might come from a much different space on what, what our personal choices are on it. But I feel like there was a lot more like, oddball picks in those lists than mm. now where it's like with stock x and everything you can kind of tell which are like the top 10 sneakers of the year you know totally i would agree with that there's always yeah differing opinions and um even someone like russ sometimes you have different opinions on things so oh absolutely also i want to say that stock x is definitely not or resale price in general is definitely not the factor by which we determine these things we do try to Balance out what's popular and also our own critical views on what's good yeah. and what's not good. That's always a good point because even with Mayer, I was asking him what the best sneaker of the year was, and he kind of brought up resale value. And I, I don't think we really we don't really do that. It just so happens sometimes that the top of the list yeah. are reselling for for the most, but um, yeah, I don't think that factors in that much for our stuff. Mm-hmm. I just think with sneaker culture, like as a whole, now it's like. The most popular sneakers on StockX are going to be the sneakers that we post on Instagram are the most, that are the ones that, you know, get worn by NBA players the most. And it seems like the connection between the three of those seems like pretty uniform a lot of the times at this point. I know what you mean. I do think we have a responsibility to insert our own uh, critical view into it and tell people what's good, not just react to what they say is good because we're the experts, baby. But when you go back at these lists, because, you know, doing them over the past how many, seven years now, I think you kind of want to be able to get it right because I think we've gone back and looked at some of these lists where like we ended up picking a random shoe and then five years later you look at the list and you're like, wow, that was number four. Nobody remembers that sneaker. And the other way, like the one that I always go back to Welty is the Wave Runner where I was fighting Welty on it and it turned out to be maybe one of the best Yeezys, if not ever. The fa- yeah, it, maybe the best Yeezy ever. And but Joe, you didn't think it was that great. No, I I said we should put the Calabasas. And, on I, it, and I told you that I told you, you should put the Wave Runner on it, and you said Calabasas because you like to wear that shoe more. Yes, and that's sure. a total mistake. And you know, I can admit it, but that is a good thing about these lists. And honestly, maybe the number four on this year's list is going to be the same thing. We got to just get into it. I know. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get dive in. Number ten. And this is our this is our mid year list. I heard a sigh already from him. We haven't even started the list. No, it's not that. Right, it wants was just another it, disclaimer. All right, put another yeah, disclaimer. No, one, one thing. One thing. I think that the one moment that I think kind of symbolizes the picking of these lists was I think it was 2013 at the end of the year where it was like the LeBron 11 versus the Air Jordan One Royal. And it was like, can we put a retro shoe at the top of the list or should it be a brand new performance shoe? And I know that that was like one of the biggest debates for number one. I know the LeBron 11 sense has not been the greatest sneaker, but I remember that being like one of the biggest debates that we've ever had. That always comes up, even at the Complex Con panel, you know, like you have a black cement three or more points for new models. Yeah, exactly. Having said that, after a bunch of false starts, let's get into it. (laughs) Number 10, the Nike LeBron 7 Media Day. This is the I, Lakers colored pair, the mismatch yes. purple and gold. Again, these are all determined by complex sneaker staff, a group of us debating and deciding what's good, what's not good. Joe, how do you feel about this shoe at number 10? LeBron retro, Lakers themed. First things first, I love when like a technical on-court shoe makes it. And, you know, this is a shoe that LeBron would wear for a special game. And I, I love when people react to functional basketball sneakers in that way and they end up on these lists because it's so tough to not include so many hype sneakers on the list i mean this is considered hype but this is also something lebron would wear with his uniform so it's always good to see a retro model make it years past it originally debuting so it gives like you know everyone always says oh no one will ever touch the jordan line and they're probably right but it's good to see models being retroed in, in colorways that people really gravitate to. And it just like, it, it's exciting because kids grew up on the seven, you know, we're, we're older, but kids grew up on the seven. To, so to see this colorway come out with this model, I'm happy it made the list. Yeah. I remember, 
I tried getting this shoe on release day because I can admit it that the it was that the resale value was kind of crazy on it at first. I think they were like flipping for like $600 the first day. I'm looking at it right now and for whatever reason that did not hold at all. Wait, we, we talked about the resale value not being the indicator of why we're putting these things on the list. And the first thing Welty does is jump to the resale value. I'm saying I tried to buy it. I can admit to that because of the resale value at the point being like six, $700. And, you know, that hype kind of faded away. But I still see it as a shoe that, you know, with LeBron and the Lakers that a lot of people are into. So it's a strong shoe. It, rep- it represents that switch to LA for him. And also it represents the slow changing of the goalposts in terms of where retro sneakers come from. We grew up in an era where retro sneakers were sneakers from the nineties, sneakers from the late eighties, things like that. So this LeBron is so significant in that regard that it it tells us now that a retro sneaker can be from the two thousands. There's ones before and ones after it, some of them in the LeBron line, but I think this is one of the best ones yet and has a natural storytelling aspect to it in terms of the Lakers yellow and gold thing. Perfectly said. See, I said it a little clunkier than that, but let me tell the audience that's why this guy's here. <laughs> Let's move on. Number nine, I definitely think this should have made the list and the kind of like hype beast in me, you know who really convinced me? An Instagram went up with someone wearing these and crushed it. Former Complex Sneakers podcast person. Bobby Hundreds. Remember Bobby Hundreds wore Oh, Bobby did yes. post it. And I remember uh, I had a comment to him about it, about something. I forget what I said. It, it was something about, it, it looks like you're about to go to like a hardcore show or something like that. And yeah, you know, I mean, that's that's kind of the vibe. But what's the shoe, guys? Yeah, so, sorry. The number nine shoe, Nike Dunk Low Brazil. Definitely one that I think deserves to make the list. And we've seen the dunk reemergence. This isn't an SB. And it was kind of like a general release dunk, right? No, quick strike? Yeah, it was, it was definitely a limited shoe. It was hard to get. Okay, hard to, hard to get, but also not as crazy as like the SB hype, but great color blocking, quality. You guys have them? I, I tried to get them and couldn't get them. No. I've, I've complained publicly a lot. And I do think this colorway is interchangeable with a lot of the dunks on there. I think the dunk was an important inclusion because anybody who's paying attention to sneakers in 2020 has to see how big the Nike dunk has been this year. So we kind of thought, which is the best dunk colorway and, and which one should we put in? I think we put the Brazil in because it's separate from the rest of the pack and because it was available in toddler sizes. So it's kind of a more inclusive offering. Does it beat the white and red? I still want the white and red so bad. And Nordstrom still has my fucking money okay, not the from question. the canceled order. Does it beat the white and red, though? Because it does seem like the white and red has had a lot of traction in the past couple of weeks. I don't know, just because it's the most recent release. But do you guys think that this Brazil, if the white and red dropped with this, are we looking at the white and red on this list or the green and yellow Brazil still? Still Brazil, in my opinion. Brazil? I agree. Because it, because it is distinct. There's, there's a lot yeah. of white and white and blue, the Kentucky one, white and orange, the, I guess, what are we calling those, Syracuse, the white and red, the one that Nordstrom's still holding hostage. Um, <laughs> so to me, the the Brazil or University of Oregon, if you like, go Ducks, okay. uh, stands apart from that pack. But the, the, the dunk had to be on here. Um, the dunk could have been higher because a lot of people are talking about it, but it's another one of those ones where it's not particularly inventive. It's just a straight retro leather basketball shoe from 1985. So I don't, we, we didn't feel like it deserved more of a slot. Another thing, too, is that in to foreshadow a little bit, I don't think to surprise anyone, but there are other dunks on this list. But there were other shoes that didn't make this list that people are like, because when we asked, like, oh, what would have been on your top 10? And there was a bunch of shoes that people list that were like other dunks. And I and I know which ones like the like reverse skunks or like uh, the the strange loves, which were like kind of, you know, all right shoes, but. When you looked at it, plus the other shoes that are further on this list, it's like, I know I know you never want to limit things, but you can't have the 10 best sneakers of the year and six of them be dunks. You know what I mean? Like, you just you just can't do that. Sorry. But also, also, I think the collective thinks that these Brazil dunks for kind of 
what they were, were a lot better than the ones that you mentioned or maybe that the readers mentioned. I think I would rather have these than the Strange Love Dunk. Resell yeah. price totally aside. Obviously, the Strange Love yeah. Dunk is a limited Nike SB affair that you can resell for a thousand dollars. But and you know, same goes for that reverse skunk. That reverse thing, skunk's like a five thousand dollar shoe, which is crazy. No, no one has those. And that, that's part of it too. No one has it. So it's one of those shoes that almost doesn't even exist. I mean, there are quite limited sneakers high up on this list, but I feel like if there's a shoe that nobody has or nobody really interacted with on any level, I, I don't know that we can call that the best. Like you don't want to make a friends and family shoe a you know a top ten sneaker of the year. Number eight, the Adidas Yeezy Quantum. Love these. This one was contentious, I feel like, a little bit when we were arguing it because some people felt that there's always that weird recency bias, you know, when this shoe came all the way out mm -hmm. at All-Star Weekend. So it was a big moment when it released, right. but I think people maybe had forgot about the moment a little bit since it had happened, and they were arguing that maybe it shouldn't have been so high on the list. I don't know. The other thing I think the sneaker suffers from is that we've been seeing it for so long. Yeah. And I think that kind of is the opposite of the recency bias effect where there's there's a subtraction that happens when you, you, you it felt like this shoe already existed for two years. So it was nothing uh, particularly special or unexpected when it finally did release. I mean, don't get me wrong. The way Kanye West r rolled the shoe out, no pun intended, in, in Chicago with those sherp russian atv vehicles going through the streets and tossing out free pairs that was cool and i think we should yeah. consider the launch in addition to the design but the actual design to me is just not that great it still looks kind of clunky it doesn't look wavy and smooth in the way that a lot of the best yeezys do i, I don't think that it's a real real basketball shoe what do you got it, it, its position is a basketball shoe can we actually call it a basketball shoe? i don't know i kind of disagree i think from like the side angle even looking at it i think it does look smooth i can't speak to the basketball aspect to it you haven't played basketball in them i have not played basketball in them i do like them though i i, I like that i don't think it's as clunky obviously it's not as clunky as some of the other high, high tops especially the ones elon musk was wearing in the picture the what, uh, which the one fi the, the 500 like tyrions or, or yeah, not that like, one but yeah like these are kind of smooth to me. I'm wondering um, if we're going to see anyone wearing them when the uh, I do, I do think starts. a little little funny tidbit for the listeners with Joe LaPuma talking about not playing basketball because in our Slack uh, group chat, his one of his favorite memes to share is that Tony Snell. It's like zero rebounds, zero points, uh, zero assists, 28 yes. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but I do I do think that this shoe suffers a little bit too from the NBA season not going on. You know, if the, if the season was going, you saw right. it a lot more on court then maybe I think we'd be talking about it a little bit more. Yeah. I just it's it's one of those shoes that has a very specific intended purpose but it's not totally fulfilling that purpose, so it's not as as great as it could have been. But still for the innovation of a easy basketball shoe, you kind of have to And if you were looking that sharp that shirt vehicle coming down the streets of Chicago, like many of you were, I'm sure that this means a lot. So, okay, let's move on. Number seven, friend of the podcast, guest of the podcast, the Joe Fresh Goods New Balance 992. We gave it up to him when he came on the podcast. It's a shoe that released at All-Star Weekend in Chicago, like the shoe that we just talked about. And it had a lot of, lot of attention and to... To compete with major collaborations like the Off-White 5 and the Quantum in Chicago and do it on a New Balance should be applauded. And yeah, number seven, Joe Freshgood's New Balance 992. We did a whole episode on these essentially, but what do you guys think? We had a, actual, we had a debate about the shoes. Several. It's an ongoing debate in the, in the Slack channel. So what the debate was is that we were going to pick one and it was either going to be the Joe Freshgood's 992 or the Double Taps. 992. I think me and Brendan were both on board with the double taps over Joe Fresh Goods as part of just personal opinion that we think that we thought it was a better shoe. We thought the 992 itself was such a big sneaker this year that one of the pairs deserved to be on the list. And we were debating back and forth because both of them, honestly, pretty big shoes this year. And we hit a stalemate mm -hmm. in our voting within the group. And we had to make a call to Joe LaPuma. To settle the debate, and I asked Joe, you know, Joe, on the list, and I think you said, you know... I picked this. You may have personally liked the design of the Double Taps one more, but you thought the Joe Freshgood ones had a bigger moment, so that deserves to make the list. That was the rationale behind it. 
in the end of it all, we gave it up in Joe Fresh Goods and the New Balance 992. Made the list. Number seven, congrats. And Joe, from my vantage point, well-deserved. Number six, Stussy Nike Air Zoom Speared on Cage 2. This, this is the one for me that we felt locked into. I will say it. I'll just say it. I think this shoe is too high on this list. And, and you know, I'm, I'm very much responsible for this list. And so I know that sounds strange, but I don't think this shoe has aged particularly well in the short time that it's been out. I think it's a cool, smart collaboration. I didn't think it have a lot of, had a lot of background on why it came out. And our thinking was kind of, we, we ranked this higher than the Joe Freshgood shoe on our best collaborations of 2020 list. So we felt that we had to stick with that ranking for this list, even though it feels like that moment around the Stussy Air Zoom Spirit on Cage 2 has already died down and no one's really talking about the shoe anymore. It didn't make a great impact. This shoe at the start of quarantine, I felt was a really big sneaker, especially on Instagram. This color, I know there was multiple colorways of it, Joe. I know you're a big fan of that, the gray and silver one, but the tan canvas pair was like the stay at home, tie dye it yourself. You saw so many pairs on Instagram of like people taking photos, like laying in their bed, like with the, with, with the shoes on, which I still don't understand that trend, but it felt like at least on Instagram, this was like the shoe that you saw because it's just like it's a sweatpants sneaker and it was just like the at-home collaboration. You know, for me, late 90s, early 2000 runners is like something I really, really gravitate to. And it reminds me of running cross country. It reminds mm. me of all the GR releases in finish line when I was working there. So to see this come back, you know, a shoe back in the marketplace for the first time since 2003. And we talk about Stephen Smith and how he designed it. And even like the blue and silver yeah. samples that he was pulling out on Instagram yeah. to, um, yeah, just, and, and for me, yeah, the, the, the beige colorway, the probably the most popular yeah. colorway, the beige and black is not the one that I got. I got the silver one that kind of like the three M ish one. I really like these. You can argue number six, it may be a little high, but again, for me, classic runners and kind of like obscure runners, I would say. We always talk about like the Air Maxes and the, the pantheon of, of all the, the silhouettes that, you know, there's, there's days dedicated to throughout the year. But like when something like this comes back, I get really excited about it. And it also gives me hope that we're close to seeing maybe a Zoom Citizen or something like that in the, in the near future. So and, and, this, and this shoe was a relative to the Zoom Citizen, exactly. a, yeah. a favorite of yours. But, but I think that came out this week too that this sneaker has like uh like women are a huge fan of this which I think leads a little bit to it because we were looking not that StockX matters but the pr the prices on size like 4 to 6 on this sneaker that we were talking about are reselling for over $1000 which is crazy. I have a funny story. Some girl hit me up for these and I was like yeah, no problem. It's your birthday. Like, I'll, I'll get it. Like, and I checked StockX and it was mad expensive. I didn't know they're, they, they, the prices exploded. A thousand dollars? The bigger sizes, like, like more traditional men's sizes or whatever, like, like 300 bucks, 400 bucks. Like, you could get a pair. Anything from like four to like six and a half is like over a thousand dollars. Exactly like, right. I was very, very surprised when I looked. I thought, you know, maybe 250, maybe, yeah. maybe 300. I looked and I was like, yeah, no problem. And then I looked and I was like, uh, <laughs> So did you buy them? I didn't buy them. Tell her she can get a pair of off-white fours. Oh, yeah. Actually, good solve. You texting her? No, I'm not texting her. Not yet. 45 minutes. <laughs> Number five, Nike Air Zoom Alpha Fly Next Percent. Don, I'm going to leave this to, to you and Wealthy. I know you both have feelings about it. This is a shoe that I didn't get that I need. I want these, you know, it seems like the next iteration of kind of like the Zoom Fly and things like that. I need this sneaker. I know it released what on sneakers app. I know you have a pair. Have you run in them? Actually, no. I've I've mentioned this elsewhere. I'm very disappointed in myself, but maybe saying it publicly will hold me accountable. But I haven't really been running in the past month or so. So I still need to put a lot of miles in my pair. This this is an important shoe, and I almost feel guilty talking about the shoe because I feel like this is the kind of shoe that I talk about endlessly and, and people have probably heard me talk about it on other programs or tweet about it and it's a very brendan dunn shoe and a big part of the reason why it's so high on here and wealthy's grinning rightfully so as i as i begin to discuss this shoe how much time do we have um can i get just 20 minutes on this one you can't but but give us give us what you got bro 
Zoom Alpha Fly Next Percent, a elite running sneaker made for marathoners. Elliot Kipchoge wore the shoes, breaking barriers, breaking records. They wanted to ban the shoe. It, it, it's an important pop cultural shoe and not because of some giant collaboration or some kitschy name attached or colorway that's meant to attract Instagram likes. It's it's a pop culture shoe because it means something and it, it's it's innovative in a real measurable performance way. That's Nike language, measurable performance. I don't want to write Nike press releases mm-hmm. for them. They can pay me for that if they, if they want that. But this is a this is a new shoe that actually changed the way we look at shoes. And I think sneakers like that have to be celebrated. I think its moment was kind of cut short this year because of coronavirus. It, it would have been a big model, presumably at the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, which have now been postponed. So, so for that reason, we can't put it too high. And also, it's not the type of shoe that our audience really loves. But I do think from a critical standpoint, and we've talked about historical relevance or importance, I'm biased. I like these shoes. I like the Zoom Fly. You're definitely biased because I... I- I know there was some point, some points where we kind of like at least jokingly said via your your running club associations that you didn't want to say anything bad about a Nike running sneaker. That's fair. I mean, I I don't I don't have anything bad to say about the shoe, but if I did, I would say it, and I'll say plenty of bad things about plenty of other Nike shoes on the list if if need be. Um, I am biased. I did get my pair for free. I've done a lot of Nike running programs for free, but those things aside, I still think this is a very special shoe. And this is what he wrote. This is how he closed his blurb. Ready? This is not a memory from the past dressed up in new colors or bearing a rapper's cosign. This is an icon of contemporary footwear. Pay attention. Bars. Strong. And that's how you feel. I'm with it. Welty, didn't you say, though, something in the slack or full size? I can't keep up. Oh, the heel's too big. What did you say? I, no, I'm just, I'm just curious to see it in person because it's just the heel's so high. I, I just want to see what, how thick it is i'll do a 20 mile run out to your neck of the woods and reach yeah. around new jersey and you'll see me zooming past the window at uh, record-breaking speeds have the kebabs on deck even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Next one. Number four, Adidas Yeezy Foam Runner. This is too high, guys. It's a, this, it's actually not high enough. I was arguing for it. To really? Be However, I got myself in trouble once by saying the Wave Runner shouldn't be on it and the Calabasas. So maybe the Yeezy. Maybe, Listen to what history is trying to tell yeah, you, Joe. Yeah, maybe I'm not good with the with the Yeezys, but number four, and I genuinely like this. Granted, this colorway is white; it would look crazy on me. But hold on, number four. Hold on, this colorway is not white. Wealthy, please. <laughs> Explain the colorway because this colorway has a rich cultural heritage that applies specifically to one of our co-hosts here on the podcast. And I know he wants the ample time to (laughs) break that down. No, I don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it? No, I'm trying to put together a little story. But the story behind it is is that it's the Yeezy Runner Ararat, which if those who don't know, Mount Ararat is like the biggest uh, cultural symbol of Armenia. Aside from Matthew J. 
Yeah, it's it's supposedly yeah Andre Agassi, Kim Kardashian West. Uh, it's supposedly where Noah's Ark is housed. Um, and Kanye wanted to I guess dedicate the shoe to Kim's heritage, and the white colorway is inspired by the snow caps of the mountain. And uh, talk to Stephen Smith about this shoe. He's not the official designer of it. I think he ideated the shoe okay. and then kind of let someone else finish it. But as we all first saw this shoe at the, the Fast Company Summit where mm -hmm. Kanye came out yep. and like they had it like in a bag and they brought out like the red colorway of it. Some people call it a croc. Some people call it, what did, Brennan, what did Trinidad call it? It said it looks like the, the Batman car or whatever. The Tumblr. Yeah, from the Dark Knight. Not the website. Uh, okay, but yeah. why number four, guys? Here's why, Joe. It is a perfect expression of what Kanye West aims to do with design. It is an existing product, pretty much the croc. It remains democratic, but it is injected with a real sense of design or a real intention around making it look good and having it be made in the USA, made out of that, algae yep. foams and things like that. If you recall back on the Adidas Yeezy 750 boost, Kanye West caught some criticism from people who said it looked like an Ugg boot. And I think that's what he wanted to do with that shoe, that he wanted to make an Ugg boot that was cool. And, and to me, this is the same thing with a croc. He wanted to make a croc that actually looked good. So to me, that is a, a pure expression of Yeezy in terms of, of having a democratic. It, it's like Ikea. He wants to make Ikea, but sneakers. You know what I'm saying? Is this, is this making sense? Am I coherent here? Yeah, it's making sense. I know the made in America was a was a really big thing for him, and you know to it's be America baby, to it is America baby. And to be fair, if this was a different colorway, darker colorway, I'm all in. The Sicily pair. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things I think about this shoe that you had kind of mentioned before, Joe, was that your love for like the late '90s, early 2000 designs that you saw that like. They're unlike anything else kind of in, in footwear history. And I think you probably remember going into sneaker stores and seeing shoes like the Spirit on and seeing that for the first time and just getting excited on the idea of like a new sneaker, not like an Air Max 90 or Air Force One or something cla uh, classic. I think that in 2020, this is what that feeling feels like of walking into a store, even though we can't go into sneaker stores and seeing that kind of new product and having it kind of change your, your view on footwear. Fair? All fair. Here's, here's the thing I want to mention, though. And I'm going to blow your mind. And somebody texted this to me, and I can't remember who it was, so I'm not going to give him credit. Fuck him. But is this a sneaker? <sighs> That's the thing. Like, Did we make a mistake even putting it on our best sneakers of 2020 so far list? Because I'm, 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 I'm second-guessing myself now. I don't know if this is actually a sneaker. Wealthy, is this a sneaker? Yes. I, I would say that if it was open-toed, it's not a sneaker. But it's a closed toe. Okay. I mean, that's kind of a good point. <laughs> simple, simple like enough. It, it looks like a sandal. It looks, like a, looks sandal, like a sandal. Yeah. But it's not an open toe shoe. Is a croc a sneaker? Because this is essentially a croc. A croc is not a sneaker. I think we can agree on that. Croc's not a sneaker. Ooh, maybe a heated debate for an upcoming episode. We may we'll have to just, hour to on just this. scrap this whole thing and just go and re retool wow. the list right away because this may not be a sneaker. Thank you to the person who texted me that. But Kanye West referred to it as a runner. Well, I don't know about that, though. Getting miles in this? It's officially called the Yeezy Foam Runner, but I'm, I'm not running in them. Welty said he's going to be running to the store on a Sunday to wear these. Is that right, Welty? Yeah, that's the plan. Did any of you guys get them? No. No. I tried to on the you, new you, Yeezy Supply site. You begged site. on Twitter for them, <laughs> see, if, I, if I recall Yes, I did. I begged, I, I, I begged, I begged Wex. So Damn, Wex didn't come through it. with those? Nope. Stephen Smith? No, he said he said there are more colorways on the way. So. All right. Confirmed. Looking forward to that. Uh, number three, let's move on. Travis Scott, Nike SB Dunk Low. Wah, wah. You guys don't like it. I like it. It's there. Tell me why. What I'll tell you is, and you guys know this, I like sneakers recently with a lot going on. I like sneakers, and tell me if this sounds weird or you guys get it with this. I like sneakers now that in their brand new form look like they're messed up somehow. This is another one of these. Like Not the G-Dragon thing? The G-Dragon, the Mars Yards. Like I am into 
sneakers that wear and tear, they're going to look better. And also sneakers that come brand new with the intent to mess them up a little, a lot going on. Mm -hmm. So I will say that I wasn't super, super gaga over these when they first released, but there is something to say about wearing a sneaker that is meant to be messed up and not having that weird anxiety of like, I got to keep these pristine. And to be honest, we have so many new sneakers in our closets. I love getting sneakers that are kind of popular and beating them up. Does that make sense? I, I feel you on that. I actually don't love the tearaway thing, but I do think it's a cool functional aspect where it pushes you to wear a shoe. I think we should all be compelled in every way possible to wear the sneakers that we have. And so I think that building that into a sneaker, especially a sneaker as hype and resellable as the Travis Scott Nike SB Dunk Low is a cool move. I still think that we put it a little high, but I, I my, my voice yeah. was, was lost in the cacophony of uh, young men saying this is elite because Travis Scott is involved. I, I think like, like his Air Force One from last year, there's too much going on. There are a lot of different ideas on this and none of them are Congress to me. I do still think in terms of talking about big moments in footwear, we need to talk about Travis Scott having yeah. his own dunk and that's why it's so high. And I yes. think that history will enjoy the shoe. But me personally... There's a lot of old SB dunks I'd rather have than this. I'd rather have the the white red one that Nordstrom still need my money back um, <laughs> that we mentioned earlier on. So so not, not yeah. one for me personally. I suspect wealthy feels the same. You kind of just it's there. You kind of have to put it there. I'm not gonna argue with anyone of why it's there. Not for me, but you know I know there was a lot of debate on whether I mean we even had it on here. You know with Jimmy Garecki talking about does Travis even though he does push Nike SB to a new to a new level, it's understandable why some people don't like the idea of a Travis Scott Nike SB sneaker. I mean, is what it is. I do think though that the distress stuff, and this isn't a distress shoe, but there's a fine there's a fine line on it too. I remember Joe, one of the biggest discussions that we had, a story that you wanted us to do, and I'm glad we ended up not doing it, was a big story on Golden Goose. Um, <laughs> Fair, fine. Golden Goose didn't age well, but okay, keep going. No, I'm just saying distress shoes, it, it's a it's a fine line, you know, where it's like some of Definitely. it's really good and some of it's either you're that or you're an American Eagle hat with the brim ripped on it, you know? But there is a difference between shoes coming distressed and you distressing them. Yeah. You know, and Golden Goose comes yeah, with like sure. the fake That's what I mean, it's a, it's a fine line. Yeah. So it's nice to see something like this, you know, um, just I hope the brain doesn't overdo it too much, you know? Yeah, but this is like the, the last... Travis Scott sneaker that we need to see. I think. I think the Air Max 270 was was a step further, and we left that off this list because I, I do think that was like we are seeing too many Travis Scott shoes now. I think the SB Dunk to me was the end of it. Let's give it a break. Let him let it let him wait a year. I know he's hot right now. I know he's the biggest thing in the world, but please, he doesn't need a shoe every other month. Number two, another Nike SB, Ben & Jerry's Nike SB Dunk Low Chunky Dunky. We've talked about this one a lot on the podcast. How are we feeling now on July 14th, several weeks from it being released? This was the biggest, I think this was the biggest debate that we had. Definitely. No, it just, and I think, I think me and Brendan, I think not to say that we have the same opinions on all this, but out of the group who made this, I think that me and Brendan have the closestly aligned opinions on, we were on the same side of the coin debating a lot of this stuff. I think a lot of the younger kids wanted, shout out Mike and, and Ben and Riley and Zach and everyone else who was involved in in, in making this list and, and debating the opinions on it. But I think that we, our our take on it was, this this no matter what, this can't be the number one shoe of the year. It's so big it's number two but okay you guys got it it's number two but this is not the best sneaker of the year i'm sorry this is a point where we had to interject our critical voice and say yes this is a cool collaboration it looks impressive it's designed exactly how it should be it's a, a smart enough partner for nike sb which is getting bigger and bigger with its collaborations but in terms of a wearable sneaker for adults to wear it's it's not quite there. I, I still think it's good. I still think it's hideous at the same time. I would never wear them, but I do think it should be in one way recognized for how smart it is, but in another way held back a little bit because it's not that practical. But the biggest release of the year. It's the biggest release of the year so far. In terms of energy, yes. And we're separating design from release, which, you know, going back a little bit on the quantum, 
the Yeezy Quantum, we talked about how the release was a moment. And this does play to another kind of guideline where biggest release doesn't always mean best design. This this kind of seems like the, the, the one for it. But this is like, we're talking about like sneaker culture, however you want to refer to it, this like niche of like people who are like, you know, kind of sneaker nuts and like what we're really into. And while this shoe kind of plays into that, like Joe, I think you've said on this on multiple occasions that you kind of can't let your aunt from Florida, you know, kind of dictate what's the best sneaker of the year. And that's what I felt like a lot of what, as you said too, what kind of hyped this shoe up to to the point where it got was a lot of that energy. And that's not a bad thing. Nike needs that. But when we're thinking about it, like Brennan said, critically, we can't have that be the deciding factor. It's a great shoe to have, but you don't see a lot of the people who have it wearing it. It's a great shoe to have, just not on your feet. That's that's what I would say, you know? You're almost surprised when you see people wear it. Like, I had a friend who wore it the other day and, like, posted on Instagram, and I was like, wow, you actually really wore those? Not because I think they look absurd on your feet, but it just seems like a shoe that you get to resell, you know? Your boy Hickman? <laughs> no. Oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was strictly eating ice cream. He, those are in his cupboard stashed away for next time he cracks open a pint of Ben & Jerry's. Also, I have to say... I think this kind of worked too in terms of the type of year Ben and Jerry's is having. Yes. They're having a bunch of big PR successes and yeah. wins. So through that, it's it's part of this this moment. And yeah, also also part of Nike SB's continuing trend of big collaborations. So I think historically we will recall how, how much this shoe meant. Man, this, there is like a lot of layers to this shoe. Not to get like so sneaker nerdy, but like you hold it and you do appreciate all the details of it. Like, well, I, I didn't because nobody sent me a free pair, John. Oh, but tell me about the details. You can borrow mine. I got two. But listen, um, you hold the shoe and you look at all the details, and it's you're like, this is so meticulously done, where it's so well thought out, and then you really don't see them that much on feet. It's really, it's really, really interesting, and I can't. Can you think of any other shoes recently, like in recent years that were that had that same kind of DNA where it's such a well-done shoe, it's well thought out, the like Welty you said, it looks exactly how you would expect it to look and you don't really see it that much on feet. I think one of the things is that we just haven't seen many shoes on feet cuz we're all stuck inside. I, yeah. I wish I could I, I wish I could walk around the city right now and see which sneakers people are actually out wearing like that. But I think a lot of the shoes on this list suffer in different ways because of the coronavirus environment where people don't have the same opportunities to walk outside and show off their ice cream shoes. Yeah. But I I think, I think too. And the one of the, one of the things is, is that when, when we do these lists, I feel like I look at them like objectively, but a lot of the shoes that me personally end up wearing don't, don't make these lists. And I've Mm -hmm. always totally been fine with that. I've never really like, you know, been spiteful or, or or anything or even cared as much but joe like being someone that i feel like you're one of the sort of person that kind of out of our top 10 list there's like a good chunk of them that you buy and wear yep to have that as the number one shoe and i know you have it and you'll probably wear it once or twice but it's not really like gonna be your number one sneaker of the year you know what i mean like the chunky donkey. Yeah, like it's not like the shoe where you get it. You're gonna see Joe Lapuma in it like all the time. Like you like can't wait to wear them. Like, I'd agree with that. Like I because the number one on this list is something that like I yeah really yeah and love. something you could wear on a regular basis and is more practical. Yes, really serves that purpose. Yes, that you're actually excited to buy to wear, not just because you got a pair and it looks cool and you want to take a, like a photo with them. The shoe that you're actually gonna like. I'm gonna see Joe Lapuma in those like in the office. To- like, total fair point. Total fair point. Should we get to the number one? I'm sure the suspense has been building, but I, if you have heard this podcast, I'm sure you guys can figure out what the number one shoe of 2020 so far is from our vantage point. Number one, the Off-White Air Jordan 5, which I overpaid for. How much did you pay, Joe? 1100 Someone check. Let's see. No, no. Size 11 and a half. They went, they went down and then they went back up. All right, 890 890 890 and I bought them for 1100 having said that no regrets no regrets have you worn them I have not worn them we've been inside really I definitely will wear them for a special occasion again we started the podcast talking about the off-white fours and how Virgil still release after release 
you think things are calming down and then people are like, this one is my favorite one that he's ever done. Mm-hmm. And how mm-hmm. many years are we into this now? Three? Yeah. Th- th- that's that's impressive, man. you got to give it up. And then this one drops a few months ago and out of the 10 that he released, the 10 plus that he released, I had to pay resale for these because I could not not have them. Yeah. And I'm super happy that I bought them even though you know, that they dropped in, in price a little bit. But again, you it speaks to the work that he's done. And it sounds kind of corny, but even watching The Last Dance and like all the Jordan thing of, of, of this year, the new like uptick in, in kind of Jordan collectability and, and a Jordan 5. So happy I have it. And I think well-deserved for the number one spot of the year. This is a sneaker that I feel like, again, I've been talking about endlessly, but I think is so smart in the way it balances something that's new and hype, but also intends to be a relic from the past. There's the intentional yellowing on the soul that love that that, that invokes some sort of nostalgia, but it's this future past thing where it's got this shimmery, translucent look that it's meant to look like it came from the future. I think it came at the right time in terms of Virgil's Nike work felt a little old at that point, or it felt like he was using the same formula. And this uses a different formula to some extent and looks distinct from his other Nike work from the 10, from, from the dunks and things like that and presented a new idea. I think the people involved with it, Paul Savavici, Israel Mateo, I think they were very intentional in, in executing this. And also I think it, it wins in part because we had some background on the design. I'm big on always hearing what the brands say about why they created the shoe. You think about like Virgil's dunks last year, those were cool, but we never really figured out why they looked the way they did. To me, that's why I'm so high on this Air Jordan 5 because it has a real intent. They slimmed it down. It it somehow maybe looks better than the original Jordan 5, which is an an audacious thing to even present. But Yeah. And one thing that I really appreciate about this sneaker, and I think is a testament when you nail the design, it does make me appreciate the originals more. Mm. Like, I love this one, and I also love, like, digging for the original ones that I have. Maybe not, like, the original original mm. release, but, like, the early 2000s, the the Jordan 5 in, like, the uh, black and silver colorway. I go back and appreciate that more, and I think that's a, a feat of design. Like once you could do that, a newer model, mm-hmm. a new iteration of it in 2020, and you love the new iteration, but you also go back and appreciate the classics of the same silhouette. That means something. Yeah, and I and I think one of the things that was a little frustrating too um, is like when we put this list out, you know, a lot of people wanted to discredit this being the the best sneaker of the year because everyone wanted to get their. They're two Virgil's jokes off and, you know, discredit everything that Virgil Abloh has done, number one, like in his career and like done for like movements and, and all of that, even though, you know, Not he, on he this makes side. the mistake. He makes the mistake of tweeting one thing out, even though privately he's donated over $20,000. So it's like, I'm not to, here to equate like what that means to, to for his to body bigger, of work. Yeah, or a bigger picture of like what's going on. But sometimes it's just frustrating when someone's little Twitter take wants to discredit, you know, someone's whole career and everything that they've done and accomplished. And then all of a sudden this shoe to some people doesn't mean anything because of one tweet. You saw people saying specifically about this shoe? People like had like, you know, a lot of comments just about like this being like the number one sneaker of the year, just because anything Virgil. Meme culture. Like meme meme culture. Yeah, Yeah, meme culture. And like the whole like the whole like pop smoke thing, like rest in peace. Like, you know, like they want to discredit like, you know, like his his work on stuff just because of like misfires that that happen. And it's just like, yeah, it's like to me. Yeah, I don't I don't agree with that. And and his body of work and what he has done, not only not only with Nike, but what he has done throughout his career and recently come on louis vuitton and like yeah i mean come on which is crazy that shit go that shit is crazy Once I man. buy that wooden duck i'm i'm retiring i'm retiring from the whole game and 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 look at the companies like he doesn't have a win with one semi-major company this guy has a lot of wins with the most major companies so listen number one of the year i stand by it well deserved to me so far so far so, so far, far. Yeah. Okay, so before not. we go, do we see anything coming down the pike that can challenge 
the top, let's not say one, but top three. The one that we all need to talk about, the one that got left off of this list, just so nobody argues with it, you know, in, in the long run, was the Dior Jordan 1. Um, because the shoe, by the time we had made the list, hadn't come out yet. I want to play a game. Say where, if the Dior Jordan 1 was released at the time that this list came out, let's all say it at the same time where it would be. Ready? One, two, three. Eight. Three. Number one? one? Wealthy. He put a one up? I I don't think. The listeners at home, Matt Wealthy in the Zoom chat, held up one single finger. He's saying that the Dior Jordan 1 is the best sneaker of the year so far. No, it's not that. It's not that. It's not that. And and I'm not going to. I don't want to make it the number one sneaker of the year. But sometimes when we make these lists, like I said, like, you know, these aren't the shoes a lot of times that I'm personally wearing. So it doesn't, I don't get not as attached to it, but I can look at it from saying that, Hey, what's the biggest sneaker of the year so far? The Dior Jordan one. I don't think it's the best sneaker of the year so far, but I can imagine why people would put it number one. That's all I'm going to say on it. Okay. But do you feel it's number one? See, like I would, put no, the I D- don't, okay. I don't, but I, but I felt like maybe if we had an argument that somehow in a way that halfway through the year no that it way. might get put at number one. I put it still behind the Off-White 5 and the Chunky Donkeys. I, so it's number three? I would put it at three, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. between the Travis Scott SB, eight. Eight. Imagine, imagine how much this shoe's rollout was spoiled by the fact that we are in a global pandemic in the middle of a civil rights movement and how awkward Dior and Jordan brand look charging $2,000 for a sneaker. This sneaker is, is not the right sneaker right now. Yeah, but Don, how much have you spent on sneakers during the pandemic? Um, I don't know if I've bought any sneakers during the pandemic. Okay. To, to be honest. I don't think that that's really the equation of why it's not number one. I don't think that that's like a fair... Um, to me it is because I, I I think it's a shoe that makes so little sense right now. I, I don't... I don't I, I, that's not... That's part of it. That's part of it to me. I'm not saying that's the only reason. Also, I just don't think it's a good looking shoe. I think it would have been a, a much better shoe had they not dressed the fat swoosh up in the oblique pattern because I think that the shoe had the opportunity to be something smart and subtle, but that was spoiled by the fact that... They plaster the Dior logos all over it. I, I would love to hold the shoe, and that might change my opinion. But it's it's nothing. It's 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 one thing I would say. I did not flinch at trying to get the Dior Jordan One. Hey, I'd like Just the ten thousand like, dollar payday. I don't know. <laughs> no, but like not even like price aside. I get why people like it. And again, a lot of this has to do that I don't really wear white, predominantly white sneakers. But it is one where I didn't flinch on even asking. Or not, not at, or like trying to figure it out, and not having anything to do with the price. Like even before the price was set, I was like, "Oh, these are cool. I get why they're going to be a thing." Twenty two hundred. You're buying them and putting them right on. I don't know, man. It's just one that like I don't have fear of missing out, not having those. Does that make sense, Joe? Mm. What if it was? And I know this is a what if though, but what if it was a black and gray Air? I would Jordan definitely one? take a harder look at it. Definitely. But does the idea of a Dior, regardless of how the shoe looks, does the idea of a Dior Jordan 1 appeal to you? Yes. Yeah. It appeals to me, but to a lesser extent that an Off-White 4 or an Off-White 5 appeals to me. To a lesser extent? I'm glad we can at least agree on that. I, I don't see it with this shoe. But I hate, I hate, kind of hate these like cheat code shoes. You know what I mean? Where Exactly. It, where it's like, yeah, it is cool and you have to like give it its props no matter what. But if it's not like this collaboration, it's just like you're not you're not really here here for that that sneaker. You know what I didn't like a little bit? The whole you have to get invited. Was that the thing you had to get invited to try to buy it? Dior had no idea I was releasing these shoes. I'm just gonna say yeah. that. But but is that true though? You had to get an invitation to buy it? I guess maybe some people got invites, but there was also that raffle, not raffle thing where you could put your name in and then 5 million entries. So nobody was getting a pair anyway of the 8,000 or so that were available. I kind of just like don't like the idea of when brands make sneakers, not because they want to create the best thing ever, but because it's almost like, you know, when you see it where like a movie is created with the intention of like, this is going to win like best picture at the Oscars. I feel mm, like the Dior Air Jordan Oscar bait footwear. Yeah. The Dior Air Jordan one is only created. So Jordan brand can instantly have a sneaker like in the top three on like the best sneakers of the year list. Not that that's the reason why they make shoes, but I feel like 
there has to be some that sort of thought of like they're the number one Instagram sneaker. They're like the number one on all the mm. sneaker blog shoe. And this shoe was like, how can we make the formula to create that? And that's what came out of it. Mm. Okay. Either way, they should have done better. What's a personal favorite though that didn't make the list? I guess maybe the double taps nine nine two. I really like that shoe. Since since you're talking, didn't didn't make the list. I, the off white five is the favorite for me, but that's on there and that's plenty well represented in all our lists. Double taps is high up there. What about you, Welty? I mean, there's probably a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, every I single say, one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how many? I don't know, of, how I many? Don't... How many of your shoes made this list? Is a better question. Uh, none. Okay. Um, None. I, well, I I personally, I mean, I did like that Yeezy Foam Runner. Um, that was like one of the shoes I was excited for that I actually tried to purchase to wear. I didn't even get a pair, but I I would put just the OG Gray Nine Nine Two. Oh, and the one shoe that I did try to get to that I actually really do like is that Kith Strike Nine Nine Two. To me, that shoe was really good. That you tried to get it, you couldn't get it. I tried to get it and couldn't get it. That shoe sold out. That's a shoe that I really, really like. I'll, I'll just give it up on that. That's. I'm not Maybe saying that that, that should have made top 10 of the year list, but just personal favorites that came out that are in this space that aren't like these obscure shoes that doesn't matter if I fucking mention them or not. Joe, how about you? Not going to lie. There, as you guys said, there's a lot of these shoes on the list that I, I, there's not one off the top of my head that is missing you know i mean i could just talk about like i don't think it should be on the list mm. i love the dmp sixes just for like the nostalgia factor but i don't think that cracks the top 10 so pretty pretty happy with the top 10 and there's a lot of shoes that you know especially the one and two that i but feel what's a joe lapuma shoe that you purchased this year that didn't make the top 10 that you've been wearing a lot maybe um he's got to stop and think how many shoes he actually purchased instead of getting it for free i mean you know i would just say the black nylon Sakai Nike. That was this year, right? Yeah. You know what? A re-release. We could count re-releases, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A hundred percent. And I just. Oh, I know. No, you don't. Oh. I looked at this shoe today. I sent it to it. Not, not you guys, but I looked at it. I just got it last week delivered. I bought off a reselling site. Viotech Trainer 3. Oh, really? I wasn't expecting that. Okay. Definitely would have been in my top 10. Just the color scheme, like, again, not to sound like sneaker nerdy, but the color scheme, look at like a high-res picture of that. Yeah. And then like in person, beautiful, beautiful shoe. Vibrant. That, that would be on my top 10 for sure. And it wasn't on on this. And uh, right. that, yeah. That's like one of those shoes that like you ask Joe, like why he likes it. And he has like a picture that like, I don't, I know he probably didn't, but like a picture that Kanye wore that shoe. Like he didn't in wear this, did he? No, I know. But I'm saying it's, it's like one of those shoes that kind of strikes me as you have like a reference of somebody who wore mm-hmm. that shoe like 15 years ago. And that picture has not left your mind. And now sure. you're, yeah, that's nostalgia, baby, but beautiful, beautiful shoe. So happy. I got them not reselling for that much. And didn't Black Cat 4s come out this year? That's what I thought he was going to say. Oh, man. We were going Forget it. Forget it. T- cut the tape. Black Cat 4s always and forever. I got four pairs of those, and I switched the laces out to the white laces. You'll, you'll see that soon. But, yes, Black Cat 4s definitely. See, I can't even keep track. Can't even keep track. That's what happens when you have a show, another show, a podcast. You've been stuck in quarantine. Yeah. See, your, your brain gets scrambled a little bit. Also, you guys could um, read the Complex Sneakers best of 2020 so far on Complex.com. There was a lot of people who wrote great blurbs from our team. So definitely check that out. Also, if you need to know where to buy any of these sneakers, definitely download the Soul Collector app, which is the best price comparison tool. If you're having trouble finding any of them and you want to, that will help you out. I promise you. And to all the people who want to complain on the Internet, I'm going to tell you this right now. We're happy that no Game Royal or Court Purple Air Jordan 1s made the list. And stop telling us that those are one of the 10 best sneakers of the year because it's just a re-release of an Air Jordan 1 colorway. Nope. I'm with you. All right. He, he said it. I didn't. Thank you guys for joining the Complex Sneakers podcast. We will see you guys next week. Have a great weekend.
Our producer is David Matthews. Sophia Steiner Evoy is our editor. Sound engineering and mixing done by Kyle Garvey. Special thanks to Craig Clayton and Jennifer Stewart. The Complex Sneakers Podcast is a production of the Complex Podcast Network. 